Welcome, welcome back. My name is Frank Johnson. Hi, I'm Pat Thompson. And uh, we have, again, another very special guest. Hey, we've got a couple guests with us today, and we can't wait to sort of uh, let them talk at you and just find out more about what they're doing in community, uh, Tita Ross and Stephanie Ung. And we're going to have them uh, introduce themselves. We want to hear a little bit about you. So, Tita. Hi. Hi. Um... Thank you, Frank and Pat, for having me here. Um, the history in White Center was um, kind of emotional. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that I um, have the live experience during those years. So I actually started um, fifth grade uh, in, in White Center Elementary School. Yeah, back then, and um, um, to see many of our um, Cambodian Khmer folks, uh, especially the childrens, um, uh, struggling during that time. Because yeah. um, there's very little resources in um, in the school. Um, you know, I think growing up being um, teased and bullied, and you know. Um, but we didn't know any better, you know. Yeah. I think we're learned to to accept, you know, just because um, it is what it is, and that's um, just reality. You know, moved to middle school um, back then, um, Cascade Middle School, and, and that's when I get into um, sport, um, doing track and field yeah. and volleyball. Uh, yeah, I did all the shot puts and high jump. Uh, that was painful. You did that. <laughs> you did that in middle school. Middle school started at middle school. Did you know shot put and hundred yard hurdle? You know, um, yeah. And then I went to um, uh, Evergreen for two weeks, um, and then we had to um, we moved back to Mount Baker, gotcha. where when we first reside, when we first start um, arriving in the United States in 1983. That's yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> Cool. So you went to White Center Heights. What grade were you in? White Center Elementary School. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. So fifth and sixth grade. And would, would that would that be nineteen eighty three, eighty four, ish? Yeah. Because I worked it, there. Did you? Yeah, in nineteen eighty four, eighty five, eighty six. I was a tutor. As a matter of fact, I was a I was a tutor. I worked in the um, the kindergarten class. But then I was an ESL tutor at White Center Heights and Cascade Middle School during those years. Yeah, that's funny. wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know that. My sister, because my sister Margot was she was really how I got the job. Yeah. She had been there for years. Did you know Margot? Did you does Miss Margot ring a bell? I would be surprised. You know, in, in in Cascade, I know Mr. Reese. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah, who, who doesn't remember Mr. Reese, right? <laughs> Mr. Terabocha? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He kept me from the basketball team, by the way. <laughs> yep. Man. So, <laughs> already, already messed it up. This isn't therapy. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that later, Tina. <laughs> off, the re- off the record. Sorry about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that, for that Tina. 
Uh, Stephanie, how about yourself? Where you from? Where you at? What's going down? Yeah, uh Kyungchmo Stephanie Ung. I use she her pronouns and um, I'm still learning Khmer, but I tried to bring that into spaces. Um, thanks, Fra- uh, Frank and Pat, for having us here, and Mongtida for inviting me to join. Um, I'm not from White Center, uh, but I'm I'm so proud to be part of the Khmer community that's trying to stay rooted here. Um, I'm from California, and I don't call myself a transplant because I've been living in this area for 11 years now. Nice. So I feel like I've crossed. You're one of us. I think, yeah. what, is it the cutoff like five or six? <laughs> yeah. Like after that, you're, you're, you're rooted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Seattle, and I would say even White Center just because that's where I've had the most um, immersive experiences in Khmer culture have been really central to my own personal development and, and identity development um, and it's really helped me connect back to my own family in California nice. um, and it's such a gift to be a part of the community um, to be an organizer to work with young people young Khmer people and to work with Mongtida and our community organization to bridge an intergenerational gap um, the gap exists for for people in my generation, the the children of survivors, and it's yeah, it's just an honor to to do this work. Fantastic. Well, it's an honor to have you guys here, and we're well, that's what we want to talk about today is just the work that you guys are doing. Uh, also, the, I'm just gonna throw this in. Uh, thanks for bringing. That's right. On me. <laughs> you know, when people bring on me, it's like you're in my life forever. Yeah. So thank you for that. You're invited to the cookout. Where did, uh, <laughs> where did it come from, Trey? I believe you guys said it's from the Golden Village, correct? The yeah. Golden the, Village? The, 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 new, the new Golden Village. The new Golden Village, which is, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's on, what did we say, was it 14th or 17th? Uh, 14th? 14th. Uh, that same street, that Queens Deli. Yeah. Uh, uh, used to be. Used to be, which is now Opsara. Uh, Opsara yeah. Kitchens. There you go. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. Are we getting there? And, uh, <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, thank you. you know, I, I've, I grew up with a lot of, uh, I got a lot of um, uh, offshore Cambodian family in, in a sense. Um, to circle back around to what you guys do. Let's start off with like, what is the name of, of like the organization? Um, so our organization is Khmer Community of Seattle, King County. Mm-hmm. And we originally, um, or we've been uh, in White Center right. um, on 16th Avenue Southwest for, Long oh time. my gosh, um, over 30 years. Wow. Um, yeah. So the organization established in 1984 and um, it was really active. I think during that time, there was a lot of... Um, violence in our neighborhood mm. as well and so the um the program started you know with um a lot of social service and family service uh immigration um and um youth programs and a very active youth programs um language class and uh, performing arts um so the music and the classical traditional dances nice. uh, yeah so um, is is what you're involved in bringing that back? Yes. I'm so excited. Yes. I can't tell you how excited I am. So the organization, I think, was active uh, for a um, long time and only, um, and it was dormant for um, right. the past decade or yeah. so due yeah. to, you know, the, the elders, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the inter- 
intergenerational yep. um, you know gap there and mm-hmm. and it's hard to find young folks you know to, right. to come back and commit you know to the community work and so we hope to change that and so we reinstated organization about two half uh, two and a half years ago in 2018 wow. and um, the first thing that we did was you know our youth programs do you think that um, be- before not the leader development happening as as much as kind of what you might be proposing right now I think it's kind of cultural things as well yeah. because there's you know you have the old way of thinking right, right? you know you have that old school where yes. our elders like you know there's an expectation mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes you know those expectation or I guess the strategy the approach mm-hmm. is totally different um, they're more Eastern way of thinking, mm. you know, that culture. And then you have the Western culture yep. where they, you know, young folks that more, um, yeah, liberation, like free, sure. you know, free spirit. Yeah, right? definitely. <laughs> I, and, well, I, it yes. sounds a lot like, um, a Samoan culture can, I'm Samoan <laughs> and, uh, we're, you know, Children and often youth are sort of the value is to be seen and not heard a little bit. I don't know if that's what you're describing, but you know, helping young, helping young uh, Pacific Islanders, specifically Samoan kids, sort of grow up and and know that there's a place for them in leadership. Mm. You know that that we're building a place for them to to kind of come up and take on the culture, right? That that is a value. I believe that that's a value that our people have. It's just uh, being able to be here in this culture and translating it to a way that, in a way that it makes sense to our people, has been the uh, the work. I think that's the work that we're doing for us. So, and it sounds a little bit similar. I, yeah, and uh, but I, you know, there's there's the culture part and also. Um, the history mm-hmm. as well too, because um, I think um, us, you know, after the genocide, yeah, um, between 1975 to 1979, um, that really, um, you know, wipe majority of our educator, because right. uh, it, um, and so that really hit hard for our country as a whole and. And now we have a lot of new generations, you know, that, that um, uh, you know, with the lack of education during the, you know, the refugee settlement, right. you know, right. here in 1980, uh, 1980s, in the early 1980s. So, so I, I, I feel like in, for our community, we, um, we were nev- never given the opportunity to really um, heal and 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 thrive mm. so so we uh kind of like the system has never really given us that opportunity mm-hmm. and we never have the right the right or the amount of the resources that we need to really um get out from the survival mode yeah you know during that time and so um so it's a struggle it was a struggle due lack of resource i feel like the system has has really failed our community big time yeah. and even till now you know we uh i mean to to not have a community center mm-hmm. um that is that is huge yeah. because it's um you know our we feel lost 
we're also um, the biggest group to be deported. And I think people fail to really recognize what the system did to us and why we got to that number. Yeah. It's because during the 1980, leading up to the gangster year, right? Mm -hmm. And why, why is that the case, you know, for, especially for our community? Because when we first arrived here, I think we probably have about maybe 10 months of state assistant and then, you know, the family will scramble to, you know, get odds and job just to put food on the table. Yeah. So we, um, uh, you know, I know parents working two jobs and, you know, um, with all the language barriers and the cultural barriers, they don't know how to navigate the educational system. And mm -hmm. so what that leaves the kids, right? You know, yeah. they feel, um, I mean, they're not there for the kids as much and there's no um, social worker that really, um, you know, uh, helping the community or the family. Would it be better coming from the system or are you guys full-fledged and, and wholeheartedly, uh, uh, do you think you guys can attack it out of a much better way than the, than the system ever could? You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, um, I think just, Mongtida, the way that you describe the way that systems haven't supported our families um, is really different than the narrative that I feel like I've heard growing up and from other people, the way they talk about Khmer folks not being educated, um, how like the, the Khmer folks who did survive were mostly folks who were not um, like professionals in Sok Khmer or uh, didn't have the, you know, high high end professional jobs. Mm. Um, and I think, I think it, a lot of the narrative in the U.S. about Khmer people is very about like how our people, you know, hate each other or like have this internalized narrative, which might be true in some cases. Um, but I feel like that's such a distracting narrative from the ways that our system, that the systems in the U.S. haven't been there to support us. Mm. Um, when, when, and then when we remember why the Khmer Rouge happened um, and how the U.S. is involved in that um, through those secret bombings, I think when that's not part of the narrative about Khmer people in the U.S., I think it really erases, um, it really erases the connection between, p between our experience as Khmer people, Khmer Americans, Khmer diaspora, um, and Sro Khmer itself. So I think you highlighting the ways, the systems, and then to answer your question, Frank, about do we want to lean on the systems? And I think that is, I guess our, our community is trying to do like both. Yeah. We're trying to leverage the support that um, our institutions say that they will provide um, because of the equity talk, because of the expectations, because of the work that other communities have done to hold systems accountable and mm -hmm. government institutions accountable. You know, we're aware of capital budget is an option. We're aware of like the city's programs to fund building acquisition. So we're learning more about that. And I think we also need to invest in our own community, to mm. build up our young people, to heal our elders, to um, bridge this this gap because it's not just um, it's not just a language and cultural gap, but it's also it's like harm done to each other because of harm that we've experienced. Mm. Um, so I think it has to happen at the same time, and I yeah. think a lot of really powerful movements show that of like working the system and healing within and like building our power within. Um, so yeah. that's the approach that 
that we're trying to take with my community of Seattle King County um, is going at it from multiple angles, knowing that there are different uh, roles and different strategies and that the best way to leverage that is to just be in communication um, and build that trust among each other. Fantastic. Yeah. That's really well said. I'm, I'm wondering, like, what are the dreams that you have for your people here? And then also, like, what are, what are some of the practical programming or ways that the community center that you're sort of envisioning the community center sort of being present, hitting the ground um, in White Center again? I want our young folks to learn about our history, mm, yeah. to, to not to blame themselves or each other, um, especially, you know, there's a lot happening in our community on that part. And we hope that um, for us to really educate and empower um, our youth to make, uh, you know, the right choice for themselves and, mm -hmm. and for their families. Um, uh, for us, we... Um, I think when you're talking about strength and you're talking about, you know, how to how do you heal from from within and 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 we hope to um, create a space where they can just, you know, share, you know, their struggles, share their stories and being open to really accept accept their, you know, their where they at and their families um, just to help them to understand that part and also to understand or how to navigate the system to, to access to the resources that they need to, to better themselves and better their families and, and a community as a whole. And that's, the, that's what we hope to, to build the community center around, um, creating that space, um, safe space. I wanted to touch on um, Pum Village. Or Pumkmai. Yeah, Pumkmai. Okay. Is that is this is this something separate than the Khmer community that you're trying to build? And if uh, what uh, if you can, um, what's the word? I was gonna say extrapolate, but that's not the word. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about it. We're the science convention. Yeah, tell us about it, please. I, uh, um, and also, I don't know if this is part of your question, Frank, uh -huh. but um, location-wise. Uh, are we think are we thinking about the same location that uh, the Kamai Community Center was in, or is there a different location? Well, we 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 hope to be in proximity mm -hmm. to White Center for sure, for sure. Um, because you know we have we have um, students um, from both sides. Yeah. So you have you know Denny Mill School and Chief Cell High School and then you have all the Highline district right gotcha. White Center Cascade Evergreen Highline right. on, on that side gotcha. so we wanted to um, Stephanie stay, uh, definitely stay close to the um, to White Center location where most of our uh, vulnerable families are nice. located nice. Yeah. when it comes to the um, uh, uh, the Punk Mai what is the mission for that? Yeah. You know, White Center has always been home, you know, to lots of, you know, my businesses and families yeah, for, sure. um, for the past, oh my gosh, maybe 40 years oh now. Oh my goodness, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, we have lots of businesses still there and, mm -hmm. you know, White Center business area there. And so, um, yeah, we hope one day, you know, to turn that into Pum Khmer, which is like, Khmer Town. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like it. 
I'm so about that I'm, right now. <laughs> I, I'm so take, all about that. Take my money. <laughs> take my endorsements. I just want a permanent reservation. <laughs> Where do I sign up? Because like I'm all I'm all about that. I'm wow. pretty much all about that. Yeah, and I think I think it's important, you know, um, having a place as a sense of belonging, right? You know, you feel yeah. you feel included. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're counted. You know, yeah. and um, and I think um, that is, you know, the best gift that we give to each other. Yeah. You know, and we hope, you know, that what we built as a community center right now is, you know, is based on humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people first. Yes. Oh, yes. So, how did that funding come about? So, our our involvement with representatives of White Center. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily started when we were working on our capital budget campaign for the 2021 to 2023 um, Washington State capital budget. And um, we were actually working with Senator Saldana of the 37th Mm. Legislative District. And um, because we've just met with her on a few other occasions before we were approaching her about capital budget, just expressing that we don't have a community center in the whole state right, and like what, right. what that means. Um, so she's been really supportive and she was really encouraging of us to talk to other representatives and senators in the areas where there are Khmer folks or where we wanted to be. Mm. So that's the 34th legislative district. And um, as we were building up our base of what the story is, our one pager of what this community center could look like, um, what other funding we could pursue to supplement what the what we're asking for. We did approach uh, Representative Fitzgibbons and Representative Cody uh, to request a meeting because we were looking for sponsors on the House side. Gotcha. So Senator Saldana was down to sponsor on the Senate side and make sure that um, Kamai Community of Seattle King County would have a request for 300000 in the capital budget. So we needed to approach some representatives um, for the House side. And uh, representatives Fitzgibbons and Cody were uh, willing to meet with us and hear our um, stories from what, for why we would want a community center. So it was mostly folks in my generation um, who were sharing why a community center would be really important to, important to them as people who are in between youth and elders. And... Um, Yeah, we met with Representative Cody after the House and Senate, after the House had already submitted their proposal. So, um, yeah, Representative Fitzgibbons was actually, I think, our champion from the inside on that end. Thank you for doing all that work. Wow, that's really impressive. Um, Were you able to, I'm just curious about how you did this, were you able to find elders who were living on their, like, by themselves? Oh, majority. That's great. Yeah. So that's that. That's why I think one of the um, why we got selected. That's great. Because we don't have you know a regular nursing home or senior housing right. that is culturally appropriate for our community. Right. Yeah. And so the county wanted to support you know the elders living independently, and and this is a way to you know, to do it through the community. Yeah, so they were, so they must have been, um, the fact that your community can do that Mm -hmm. is uh, something that is, that will move the 
the city or the county government, right? Because they they need you to do that, right? And not all communities can do that, right? But but the fact that that the Kamai community is so connected and so you know you guys all know where everybody is, mm-hmm. you know that's such a uh, that's an asset. And I think like in March of 2020, when yeah, when the when we started closing things down, like that was when Kamai Community of Seattle King County services like shot up huh. and i think it was primarily because bongtida and bongtes were targeting our elders who live alone who live in the maybe like communities or complexes right. where there are lots of elders living in single spaces so because that was the focus from like march really intense focus from like march to may when there was a ton of emergency funding going out really quickly mm-hmm. right right i think that that one allowed allowed us to have money to give out and money to buy groceries immediately and then i think that word of mouth and that trust building that happened right. really quickly in right. this crisis um really helped yeah, yeah that visibility it's like and yeah congratulations yeah, oh for sure. thank you well <laughs> two main factor i think people have to um uh, take into consideration is cultural competency right mm-hmm. right understanding you know and connecting with the elders and and that's where building trust is all about yeah. you know and so you know as a trusted messenger the cultural competency that's like recipe for success right yeah. there yeah. when you're connecting especially with elders because you know that's you know not just it's it's connecting emotionally yeah you know especially during this time of needs mm-hmm. and they're trapped Right. You know, in their own home. Right. Oh, I still get shivers thinking about it. That, oh man. Yeah, and we have we have we have one elders who, um, you know, went three days without groceries, oh, food because their caregiver, you know, ended up sick and couldn't go. Yeah. And no family members, so there's you know there's elders out there that really disconnect and. And we're just happy that we're there, you know, the right time yeah. to to really um, uh, give them the support that they Going, need. Man. That's, I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. Blessings, yeah. guys. Blessings. For well, sure. We're coming up. Uh, we, um, before we sort of end or start to close, uh, we're coming up on the Kamai New Year, right? Is that right? And uh, are there different celebrations that are happening sort of virtual around the city or that you're connected to? Yeah, there are two organizations in this area that typically uh, do Khmer New Year's. Um, And because Khmer New Year is supposed to be a celebration from like the 13th to 15th or 14th to 16th, uh, it's hard to celebrate that here in the United States because we don't always have those days off school or work. Mm -hmm. So we end up moving our celebrations to the weekend. Um, and then because there are so many temples and so many organizations that have their own interpretation or own community that wants to do something special, mm-hmm. um, we end up having like my New Year month. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm good yes, with that. Yes, yes. <laughs> like all the time. Yes. Um, I think with this year with COVID, it's a little, it's a, it's a little um, less packed of a month mm-hmm. because not all of our what's are doing, you know, virtual <laughs> events. <laughs> but um, there's two events that folks can t- tune into to participate. 
The first one is with the Cambodian Cultural Alliance of Washington, which is CICAO or the group that puts on the White Center Street Festival mm-hmm. every year, um, which is where our young people dance typically. Um, young, our young people, I'm included in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our group dances. Um, but this year they have a virtual Khmer New Year event all month. Um, it entails a Khmer food tour and a raffle. Oh. So basically they're going to talk and, and introduce folks to um, different Khmer businesses that sell food. Wow. And then if you go support that business, you can be entered for a raffle. That's happening virtually. This is virtually, yeah. So um, I think they'll they'll yeah they'll stream you know interviewing some client business owners and yeah. then be like here this is where you can go to get it and then um, you'll be entered for a raffle. Nice. They're also gonna hold a Khmer karaoke contest, which will be virtual, <laughs> and then there will be um, streaming of Khmer group. <laughs> <laughs> He's a foodie and a singer. <laughs> If you can read Khmer karaoke, then you'll be just fine. Oh, man. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I'm, You're down I, to try it. I'm, I'm down to try it. I'll put my vocal chops wherever, wherever I get. If I'm they, winning they, something, I'll okay. They, they do have phonetic spelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, need some, we need some Roman letters in there. <laughs> um, also part of this uh, event is they're going to have streaming of group performances of dance of Khmer Robam. Nice. Um, so this was, and that will be on April 24th, 2021. And the way that you can tune into that is on their Instagram at CCAW underscore S-T-R-E-E-T-F-E-S-T. Um, that's their Instagram. So it's CCAW underscore street fest. So that's one, that's the primarily way that you can learn more information for that event. Okay. Um, I'm sure we can put a link for that. Oh, yeah. We'll and then dropping them in the, <laughs> the other one um, is the Khmer Student Association of University of Washington. So every year they have um, a New Year show, uh, which entails a play, like a traditional Khmer play that the students have adapted and are acting and have the, they write a script and then they incorporate traditional and folk dances into the play. And it's usually at the University of Washington um, where people get dressed up and there's food and dancing and this play. But we can't do that this year. So instead, (laughs) what the students are doing is they have been rehearsing and filming a play um, as well as traditional dances. And they will be streaming this on May 1st at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And tickets are $10. And the ticket sales all go towards back to the community, back to the Khmer Student Association so they can continue to put on this show. Nice. It's kind of like their fundraiser to make sure that the next year's Khmer Student Association can put on that show. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can follow them on Facebook or Instagram at K-H-S-A-U-W. And that's how you can uh, buy your ticket and learn more about that show. And yeah, those are the two main ones. I think our our little group of um, dancers are gonna try to get ourselves together. They're really, we haven't met in a long time, but <laughs> I think I think we'll be fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I guess uh, we are coming down to the end of our time. Uh, before we say our final goodbyes, I uh, just wanted to ask, or for you guys, as there, if uh, excuse me. 
if there is uh, funding that you guys are needing, looking for, how do people get in, reach out to you? What is the best way? We, if you give us a link, we can drop right. it. But just for the podcast, for people to hear, what's the best way? What is the best way for people to send you money? There you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So, in addition, or as we were talking about capital budget, mm-hmm. um, we while we are waiting for the approval of that budget, that ask, um, obviously we need more money. Yeah, to close yeah. the gap so that we can acquire the property we're looking for in this area. And the way that people can donate is through our website. There's a PayPal link. Um, our website is kcskc.org, um, my community of Seattle King County. And that's primarily the way that we're taking donations. Um, we will be launching a campaign and sharing more information and more fun ways to engage as well as send money. Um, but if you want to, yeah, click on that PayPal link on our website. It's on the front page. Um, we would we would greatly appreciate that. We'll definitely put the link up on the post. So thanks for sharing that. Definitely. All right, Stephanie, Tina, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. So nice to be with you. You guys heard it here first inside White Center, and we will catch you guys next time. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for having us.